So welcome to Gary's Shortlist Podcast. Uh, today we're going to have a chat with Fiona Curdy from Men's Services. Uh, if you are in or run an organisation and find a lot of challenges around injury management, return to work coordination, insurances, all of the above, you must tune in. This is really insightful. Thank you. And welcome, Fiona. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, Thank you. Gary. Thank you for coming in today. And um, I just wanted to congratulate you initially on your 19 years of successful business in the construction industry. I saw that the other day. Thank you. Yes, it's been an interesting time. We, um, the business actually started as a not-for-profit um, and I was the CEO originally with that business, working with the Master Builders Association and the union were half owners. Uh, so very interesting uh, dynamic, uh, working with an employer body and a worker body. Um, mm-hmm. So, But then later we had the opportunity to change that big business structure and uh, I was able to take on that company as a proprietary limited uh, mm-hmm. approximately 11, to 11 years ago. So it's been... 19 years as a whole, it's been operating. And I think a very successful business that uh, there's probably not too many people in the construction game that don't know about men's services. Yes. And uh, and the quality services you offer. And um, we'll, we'll touch base on a lot of that today, obviously. But... Um, Taking a step right back, how did how did you start your career in, in you know with your OT background? And well, yeah, I'm humbly, uh, my undergrad was as an occupational therapist, and I, I started in hospitals, so working in uh, Concord Hospital, later in community roles in. Uh, Coffs Harbour, and then I had the opportunity to work in a pain management program for people with back injuries and work injuries across Australia. The back injury. injury. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so that's where my love started, I suppose, my passion of working with adults and working with businesses, uh, preventing injuries, um, as well as managing them um, and helping workers get good outcomes. so yeah, that was that was my starting point, and um, thankfully I've also been lucky to to become a work health safety auditor. So I sort of because injury management and work health and safety they dovetail; they're, they're a very critical part for mm. a business. Um, so I was fortunate enough to do that, and then later finished my MBA, which was really you know when I was you know in my late forties, um, enjoyed doing my my MBA, majoring in um, human resources. Terrific, terrific. Yeah. And what sort of stuff do men do? How do you describe men? It's a really good question. I I remember this great um, uh, moment where people said, if you had three seconds or five seconds in an elevator, what would it be? What would you? What would be that line that you said? And I remember saying to myself, um, if I had a five second window with someone, I would say, um, we help you manage the major, the most important asset of your business. And that's your people. Mm, mm, terrific, terrific. And and I think I've seen you do that in the past um, in, in a lot of organisations. Uh, it's certainly a challenge for construction companies um, to, to, you know, to be very, very good builders and, and designers and, and, and the like, yet be lumbered with another thing called, you know, managing people when they're injured. Yeah. And, uh yeah. It's a really good question. And I think, you know, if you've worked in the construction industry, as you know, you have too, it's the culture is quite, um, um, it's quite a strong culture. 
Um, and you've got so many layers within a business. So, you know, you've got your principal contractors, you've got your SMEs, which make up the bulk of delivery for big companies and small. So we've been lucky to work with both big and small companies. Mm. But I think that you've got to go, you build. That's your core business, mm. not managing a discussion with a doctor or trying to get a worker confidence that he's not going to re-injure himself when he goes back on site again. Mm. Um, liaising with the supervisor that thinks it's dodgy, that, mm. you know, oh, I didn't injure himself, he, he did it somewhere else or he did on another site. Um, and going, well, no, the fact is he's got an injury. Let's just manage it. Let, let's support him. And I think... Or her, I should say. Yeah, I, I, I think the general tone of injury management in construction is it's all based around the builder covering their ass, oh. And um, that's probably the term that's used in the field. And yeah. I, I think, as you say, caring for the worker and or the injured person um, goes a long way. And it goes a long way, obviously, dovetailing into safety in terms of culture. Because yeah. if, you know, I mean, I know of, I, I had a severe back injury um, mm. in my earlier career. Wow. Uh, it wasn't in construction, it was in another industry and uh, it was with a global firm who um, clearly didn't show the care that, that was required yeah. and I still have that back injury today. Um, and I just think it wouldn't have been too difficult to manage people's injuries a little better than they did um, and take away a little bit of that threat around, well, if you're not back at work, you're not going to have a job. And, you know, I had two little kids at the time, so I was petrified. It's, it's interesting you say that because it becomes nearly a competition. You've got to then demonstrate that you are unwell. Mm. You've got to make sure and keep proving yourself as a worker. I'm actually sick. I'm actually not well. And that's counterproductive mm. to actually a return to work. So if if that worker feels safe, that they're going to be supported, and I think that's something that there's one thing that hasn't changed in the 25 years I've been, been doing this work, and that is, and the statistics are still there, and PricewaterhouseCoopers did an, you know, a really interesting study about eight years ago. And there's also now a wonderful study called The Health Benefits of Work, um, which has really, really got some very useful information on it. But one of the things is the earlier the worker gets back to work, the more support they have, the better the outcome. Mm. Mm. And that's still still around. Absolutely. And I think that's where, from a, from a business perspective, what we help businesses do is get that early intervention. People talk, oh, early intervention. But they're not actually doing it. Mm. Early intervention is that call to the worker. Are you okay? Yeah. Where are you going to go? Let's get good medical care. That is critical. We mm. get good medical care. We have good doctors that, um, you know, that we will link into throughout Australia. Um, that has, again, that trust of the worker, mm. you know, and that's really critical. So what sort of, in terms of scope, what, 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 what sort of scope do you provide as men's services in terms of the, the broad range of services you offer? Well, it, it varies. So as I say, we work with SMEs, so small companies, up to, to national companies and even in uh, New Zealand as well. And um, that can go from our 24-7 call line. So, um, which is really great, I must admit, when we work with businesses with that, we, we've started the whole process on a positive note. So from that worker calling, you just say, I've just had that, this has just happened, or it could be on site, the, the first aid will call and say, we've got this guy here, and we actually triage. Right. 
So, so we'll say, okay, what does this, you know, what sort of depth of the scar does it look like? How much blood have you got? (laughs) What can you see? No, we need a medical review for that. Let's get this fellow in. And, you know, to the point that we had an injury just recently, to give you an example, um, fellow cut his finger really badly on a Saturday afternoon. Uh, It was 1.30. A lot of places have closed down by that but we we've got a doctor that I knew I could get him into by by two o'clock had him into the doctor booked in for surgery on Sunday morning Mm. um you know that that worker you know felt like he'd been cared for yeah absolutely so in your experience um where does that normally lie that responsibility in an organization to manage return to work if they're whether they're big or small organizations good question um Often you find with smaller businesses, it will be with the admin, payroll, could be additional um, to the accountant role, the CFO (laughs) even, uh, to work health and safety. They usually don't have a designated return to work coordinator or someone who's familiar with that that role. Mm. Um, And then you've got in bigger companies, they could be lucky to have, again, it'll be with HR, work health and safety, um, and you don't know who it's going to be reported through to the executive team. So it varies quite a lot. And the skill and the knowledge of every person is quite different. Some small businesses might get one claim every few years. Um, Larger businesses could be managing, you know, five, 50, you know, a month. So it's interesting. I mean, a lot of organisations clearly have a focus on culture and and, and Mm. the care for people from the minute they onboard people to their final day at work, yet we quite often see that people with a very strong influence on uh, somebody's journey, whether it be through an injury in an organisation, could be managed by someone who's the most junior in a company. Absolutely. Um, and, and I think then you don't have the... They don't have the skills. Mm. They have the knowledge or a competency to be doing that. Mm. Um, and then you, and then also, too, I think it's who is responsible. So often the business is going, well, you know, the, the blame game comes in. Mm. You Well, this didn't get done and who didn't do that? But it was never clearly thought back mm. on that whole process of management from the start, the day that that incident occurred, to closing it out with the insurers and the, and the claim side of things. So you mentioned insurers. <laughs> Um, my favourite little topic, but um, <laughs> with insurance, how do you find that you guys can help uh, organisations with their insurance woes uh, in terms of premiums that might continue to rise or challenges from insurance companies that are genuine to say, hey, what are you guys doing in regards to your, your safety management and your injury management? Oh, look, very um, with businesses, it can be as simple as them not even lodging their workers' comp claim within the first seven days. Or five days. Technically, you have five days to lodge a claim. If you don't do that, you pay an excess. Right. Um, and that excess is one week's worth of wages. Right. Now, some of these guys in construction, mm. they can be earning $2,000 a week yeah. easily. So you automatically, the business has lost $2,000 by just not lodging a claim within five days. Mm. Mm. Um, so, you know, we, we can... When we... Um, work with a business, we will review their premium. We'll have a look at their cost of claims report and say, this is areas that you can make savings. The, the one of the, as I was mentioning before, one of the strongest statistics is the earlier the return to work, better the outcome. And what's happened now is I care are actually supporting businesses that get their workers back to work early. Yeah. And they'll give you a discount. 
So if you get someone back within 13 weeks, you'll actually get a 15% discount on that cost of that claim. Right. right. Um, so and it, and it goes down to 10% uh, by 26 weeks and then 5% by 52 weeks. So they're little sorts of nuances that will work with business to say, well, you could have actually saved that level of money. You're not offering suitable duties. Let's look at suitable duties registers. Let's have a look at um, getting fitness for work for workers because that's huge Mm. Um, and let's look at the business and supervisors supporting injured workers coming back to work Mm. do you find that um that the injured worker would generally be more open to um, open dialogue and discussion with a third party as yourself as opposed to somebody in the office that they're a bit scared that's going to leak around the office yeah that well i think that's a good couple of points there's you know obviously um confidentiality um, and they, um, men or women don't like to be looked at badly. Mm. They don't want a business to think they're not doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. Um, most, you know, I have the 80-20 rule. 80, 80% of work injuries have happened at work and they're good workers with good attitude. And you have the other, other part that we sometimes need to manage. But a worker wants to be back at work. They want to be productive. They want to feel good in themselves. Mm. Um, and so if you can support them, to do that and also the team that they're working with educating the team and their co-workers that look mate if that was you and you got injured wouldn't you like some support yeah. wouldn't you like a bit of slack to yeah. to help get recovery um so i i think that is really important so we start that process of discussing return to work on the first contact with a worker when they're on the phone we're already discussing right. capacity not incapacity yeah but capacity mm, terrific you mentioned, um, you know, the legislation around around uh, workers' comp in particular, mm-hmm. and then you've got insurance, and then you've got payroll, and and all the complications that go with with a workers' comp claim. Um, I don't know why you, anyone would try and manage that themselves because um, yeah. that is that is a level of expertise. Um, thinking of reporting, what sort of what sort of assistance can you help organisations in regard to their work health safety reporting perhaps? Yeah. Um, you know, their registers and the like in regards to injuries and then of course um, keeping a live update of every claim. Yeah, okay. So uh, before we go into the work health and safety, there's great a lot that we do in that area, but just to even payroll. Yeah. One of the biggest conflicts we have with workers, with employers and when their relationship breaks down is when they're not getting paid at the right rate. So that's one of the one thing that we will help businesses with is making sure payroll are paying them correctly in the mm, first place. Yeah, okay. um, and also that companies are actually seeking reimbursement for that. Yeah. So that they're getting the money back. Sure. Um, one business we walked into, you know, they had $150,000 worth of workers' compensation payments they hadn't sought back from their insurer. Mm. And the insurer hadn't provided that. So yeah. that, you know, that's one thing on a reporting aspect. Some businesses have got that that they're managing that others don't they need advice and direction so we support them with that that payroll um the other thing with work health and safety which is a big thing is we do have a good system where all incidents and injuries can be reported through us and we actually take that data and we have that available for a business so that can be so extensive from lti frequency rates treffers uh, to types of and the type of injury, the mechanism, location, female, male, occupation, everything. So we can provide that data, which is very accurate, um, to 
to other to to then basically we always provide a monthly update to a business right. on on the injuries and the claims. You said the uh, the magic word that pricked my ears was <laughs> LTI rates and, and the like, and um, I think you picked up on it. Um, I mean, we, I think we all. I would like to think that the work health and safety fraternity are starting to see um, that it's an absolute load of rubbish in regards to it as a good measurement um, of safety performance when it's actually a measurement of past history problems. Um, do you find a lot of organisations still have that focus on LTI rates and, and ring you in the middle of the night to say that your numbers must be wrong? Oh, ridiculously. I, I agree with you there, Gary. <laughs> but um, an LTI frequency rate is, is a lag it's not a good indicator. We should not be using it. However... Hear that, people? We should not be using We should not LTI be using rates. it. And it shouldn't be what the executive team measures how their business is managing injuries yeah. on their sides. I think, I, think, I think that's gained a lot of momentum. But my issue with that is, is that builders are quite often held accountable via their clients, whether it be government or big global clients that say, hey, if your LTI rate doesn't look and smell like this, you won't be working look, with us. So, uh, and interesting, you're right. You know, we, we've got some companies we work with and any health site or a lot of the New South Wales government, and I hate to put that out there, but the reality is they're using LTI frequency rates and you cannot have an LTI mm -hmm. on your site. Mm -hmm. um, they happen still. They happen. Mm -hmm. You know, how do you control the guy that slipped you so know, you see evidence of, of cover-up? Uh, well, that's what... Then, then we look at what behaviour gets driven. Yeah. If, if they're going to use that, and I think that's the, the irony of it, is that it's not a good indicator. However, builders have to use that to tender. Mm. Yes? Mm, the absolutely. government still uses us for, for LTI frequency rates to tender. Mm. Um, so, you know, until that culture changes at that higher systemic, we've got a systemic problem with mm. this, we will continue to have people that will look at how do they manage these LTI frequency mm. rates to give the right answers. Yeah. I haven't, uh, in my career in health and safety, mm. I never had uh, a tender come to me and say, hey, Gary, um, we need our LTI rates and our triffers and the like. However, the client is asking what's the budget that we've got for training for that given project? Um, what systems and you know, innovative solutions yeah. or, or what, what programs could we run, whether they be health, wellbeing, et cetera, et cetera. It's all based around that negative LTI rate. And I think, I, think, I mean, I hope that this changes in my lifetime um, because I think as you rightly point out, it's just a, an influencer of the culture on a, on a project and, and or an organisation where the worker says, you know what, it's all about this LTI thing. I don't even know what LTI stands for, but, mate, it's it's a bad word around here. Yeah. I I, um, I remember walking into a, a site uh, we worked for, for for a number of years, and um, they had written, when the workers walked into this location, it had LTI free for 367 yeah. days. Yeah. And how do you think that worker felt yeah. If they, they were the ones... Who's blowing the party. Who's blowing the party. <laughs> it could be the barbecue on the Friday yeah, that yeah. they, you know. And and that's actually destructive because you could have people that have got... Um, they're starting to get an injury, an overuse type of injury. Mm. They don't report it, so they leave it and it actually becomes worse, mm. requiring surgery where we could have prevented it from getting to that mm. point at that time. Anyway, let's let's get off LTIs, otherwise we could sit here We for could a spend week. some time on that, I think. <laughs> um, 
but back to the reporting and 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 the, what you can offer organisations in regard to reporting. I think, regardless of the lag stuff, I think there's some really good stuff that you can point out in regards to trends. Clearly, um, and and that's generally, in most circumstances, in my experience, aren't aren't really tapped into enough. Um, when the data's there, you know, the, the data yeah. is there to say, you know, the, the, we have a trend here. Um, but everyone's too busy digging down this rabbit hole here to actually think about the trends that are actually happening in the organisation. Yes, I think businesses often are having to be reactive mm. and they're constantly reacting to a situation and managing it rather than how can we look at being that proactive. Sure. Sure. And building is very much like that. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it's a very, yeah. you know, very tight timelines, um, very problem solve, you know, driven sort of business you know, with that. But I do think that when we look at um, what we're going to be doing with prevention is, you know, we're still seeing lacerations and cuts at 30 or 40%, you know, on sites. Still seeing multiple eye injuries that could be prevented with PPE. Mm. So we've still got basics that aren't being, aren't being happening. But one of the businesses we're working with, they're looking at the high risk potential which is really great. So saying this could have, it didn't result in an injury, but could have. Mm. Let's look at that system problem. Mm. Um, but it is hard to manage um, subcontractors. Y- you know, you can have... Well, yeah, it's good you bring subcontractors up because I wanted to point out, um, in my experience, subcontractors, were, it was like an, an aha moment when they say, say, you know, why would you really care about our injuries as subcontractors? Um Morally, yes, we do. We yeah. care about everybody that works, you know, in or for our organisation. Um, and it's, they don't see, I guess, quite often they don't understand the level of management that a, that a principal contractor will have in place. Um, and quite often the smaller subcontractor just doesn't have the sophistication to understand yeah. what it is about injury management, what it is about workers' compensation and, and yeah, and their insurance obligations, I guess. And, and that's costly for them. Very. If they don't do that right, it costs them. They, they have a smaller team. You know, just having someone off workers' comp and not having someone who's got the skills and the training mm. or used to working in that team on that site, yeah. they, they lose productivity. Okay. Um, so I think, you know, and then it's costly on their premium as well if they don't do it well. Mm. Um, and so, and then that costs the whole project as a whole, Um so, yes, it has a flow-on effect. Yeah. There's a whole flow-on effect with, with that process. So I think one of the greatest things that we've found managing whole sites for a principal contractor is that we get a beautiful cultural shift mm. within that business. Mm. Um, we get shifts within those subcontractors. And that subcontractor mightn't just work with you on this site. Right. If they're a good one, they'll be on multiple. the ne- multiple yep. sites or they'll be the next year. So if you're educating, teaching and getting good outcomes with that subcontractor by mani- by us helping you manage them, mm. you're getting a, a win-win, just not in the short term, but in the long term as a business as well. Mm. So, <laughs> Fiona, can you give me some evidence of a return on investment with an organisation using someone like Men's Services? So if a business is using what we call our full, a full stream of the workflow from early intervention um, through to that, we know that a return on investment will be for every $1, there'll be $3 return for the business. Right. And in some states, we get up to $5 return on investment. Okay. Okay. So it's it's a good, good saving. With our good old LTIs, I know we were talking about that a moment ago, 
I know that we, by early intervention, getting good medical attention and care for our workers, we've saved, we save between 30 to 40% LTI frequency, LTI incidents right. for a business. And it's about the care, isn't it? It is. The care is critical. If a worker feels supported and an employer knows what to do to get the outcome, you get outcomes. Right. And that's a win-win. I'll, I'll wrap up here because we're running out of time, but uh, if anyone was interested in having a chat with yourself, big organisation or, or small, um, you've got offices in Sydney, Canberra. And Melbourne. And Melbourne. Um, they can reach out to Men's Services online and, uh, and have a chat with you professionals. Thank you. Happy to speak to any business and, and help them, whether it's small or large, um, and talk about um, tail- any tailored solutions. Terrific, Thank- terrific. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Gary. It's been wonderful to sit and have a coffee and chat today. Indeed. Thanks, Fiona. Bye. So thanks to Fiona. We've uh, learnt a lot about injury management and return to work and the challenges of the above. I hope you've enjoyed it. Tune in again to Gary's Shortlist podcast and we'll see you again soon.